Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we're back with psychic and the medium John Russell as we're talking about the other side. John, we were talking about the the death procedure when you die, what you can expect. I'll let you finish that up. Well, I think, you know, again, we're speculating, but uh, from what I have been told by people on the other side, uh, once you make that transition, you're aware that you're transitioning, you're met by people on the other side, guardian angels, spirit guides, whatever you want to call them, uh, deceased loved ones, deceased friends, and you go ahead and make that transition, you're aware that you're there, you're aware that you've died, and so if you're coming back to a location, it doesn't mean you're earthbound. It means you're coming back for a purpose. Maybe you're wanting to watch over your daughter or uh, wanting to watch over a friend or wanting to see how a certain scenario plays out. And if you can influence that or uh, put any kind of aid and assistance into that from the other side. So we still, you know, we retain all our awareness, all our memories, all our personality and everything. And then we continue to learn and find out what we can do on the other side. Now, since you've been doing this, which has been a long, long time. Oh, Lord, a long time. 50 50 years now. What have you concluded about what the other side is all about? Is Is there a hell? You know, I have never experienced anything, um, and certainly not from anyone from the other side that I've communicated with, that would lead me to believe that. Um, and, and again, you know, everything that we have about the other side mostly falls in the realm of speculation still, uh, because we just don't know. We don't have that great of communication. We don't have that great of an evidence. Um, but I don't see anything to convince me of a hell. I don't really see anything to convince me of a heaven either. Uh, You know, those come from religious writings, and religious writings are notoriously unreliable. And so I'm I'm not convinced. No, not at all. Tell us about guardian angels. What are your thoughts on them? Well, you know, guardian angels, uh, I've gotten to an argument with somebody, or rather a discussion, I think, with somebody the other day about, uh, they were saying, well, guardian angels don't actually physically intervene. All they do is just guide us through impressions, intuitive warnings, those types of things. They try and reach us through our intuition or maybe some type of sign, but they don't actually physically intervene. And I have to disagree with that completely because in my uh, personal experience, I've had several guardian angel interventions that actually occurred on the physical level. I'll give you one example, and they uh, range from this to literally life-saving. And for one example of a physical intervention, I was up on a stepladder when I was a kid, and I was I was real uh, coordinated. I had good balance and, and good strength and everything. And I was up on this, uh, the top of the stepladder. is about four feet tall. And I was uh, doing a chore, hanging some curtain rods for the neighbor. They were old and, and needed help, and I was up there doing that for them. And uncharacteristically, I lost my balance and started to fall off the stepladder and fall back toward my left. Now, I wasn't afraid when I was falling because I was very skilled in the martial arts. I had done all these spinning kicks. I knew judo. I had done all this stumbling. And I knew that as I fell, if I just torqued my body to the right, my torso to the right, and then spun back to the left real hard as I fell, that I would spin around in the air and I could catch myself, land on my either my knees and my hands or my feet and my hands, and I'd be okay. Sure. And it was perfectly workable, and I knew I could do it, so I wasn't afraid as I fell, but I was definitely falling. And just as I torqued back to the right to initiate that move, this large hand firmly pressed up against my lower hip and back, 
and steadied me and pushed me back up on the ladder and held me till I got stable. And I turned around to say thank you, and there was not a single person in the flesh there in the room. So guardian angels absolutely do literally physically intervene and help us. Well, they sure do. And do they ever turn away from us? I, I don't know if they turn away from us. I think that it's uh, our inability to hear or our unwillingness to hear. You know, I tell everybody, look, you have to listen. And we don't listen. We're so plugged in all the time. We've got the radio going or the earbuds in or we're scrolling on the cell phone or we're watching TV or we're listening to music or we're involved in something on the, on the web. And we don't listen. You can't hear. You can't receive when you're not paying attention. And that's why we have moments of uh, meditation and things that are necessary to do is that's how we listen. That's how we hear. And then once we hear, we have to do what we're told. It doesn't do a bit of good to receive guidance if we ignore it. Do you believe in reincarnation, John? I don't know. For me, the jury's out on that. There have been a few, and I emphasize few, um, interesting examples that have been given that seem to indicate a little bit of something there, possibly. But then those kind of play out as the person grows up and develops and, and gets, um, gets older, because these are usually cases that relate to kids. And I just haven't found anything there that I can hang my hat on yet. Uh, I'm not going to say it is, I'm not going to say it isn't, but I'm just saying for me, I haven't seen anything that would give me the evidence there that I need. Interesting take on that. Uh, I, I didn't think you were a believer in reincarnation. Some some psychics are. Yeah, some psychics are, and, and again, they found something that for them uh, indicates that there's enough for them to hang their hats on, but I haven't found that yet. I, like I say, I've seen some a few interesting th- uh, things, but emphasize few. How do we know the other side exists? We have testimony from people right. like you, of course. Right. You know, people have seen ghosts. People have, you know, it, but how do we know it's the real deal? Well, I think that we have to accept this fact that the other side exists from uh, reliable communication from the other side. Uh, for example, a person uh, who crosses over, then they come back to somebody such as a psychic like me, and during a reading for a person, they give them information where uh, I saw you at the cemetery and you put this little red statue of a frog on my tombstone. Um, you know, and there's, there's no way anybody could know that unless they are seeing that from the other side and then communicating it back. So we have to accept that as evidence. We have to believe in that. What other, what other explanation could there be? Uh, we have, for example, EVP which is electronic voice phenomenon, which is spirit voices coming through, and they've done enough research to validate that those are uh, voices coming through and it's not radio static or some type of interference or some type of other transmission. People hold two-way conversations with these voices. Um, We have spirit photography, uh, where you get images of ghosts, images of spirits, uh, images of nature spirits. Uh, We have interaction in the physical realm Uh, with things that there's no physical um, um, objective to initiate, that it has to be coming from some other uh, realm, some other energy, some other force. So we have to take those on faith as evidence that something exists beyond just this, just the physical and just what we know here. The goal of the paranormal is to do what? The goal of the paranormal for me has to be to experience this in a physical way. To 
find out, hey, yes, this is real. Um, imagination is not reality. We can imagine all kinds of things, uh, for example, in meditation, and we can convince ourselves that we live this life or we did this thing or we're in communication with a certain sect of spirits or certain extraterrestrials or whatever, but that only exists in an imagination. I have not um, encountered very many people that claim these things that have any physical evidence whatsoever. And from my experiences, I have physical evidence. I have photographs. I have a video. I have audio recordings. And, and other people have witnessed these things as they have happened. And the goal of the paranormal is, should be physical experience. And the reason for that is if you're imagining something and you allow yourself to be carried off on this fanciful journey of imagination, you haven't produced anything real. You haven't done anything uh, any good for yourself. Uh, you haven't... Um, you haven't healed anyone, you haven't provided any advancement that anybody can use in any way, and that should be the goal of all uh, paranormal experience and paranormal investigation. We should be constantly striving to move forward to physically improve life for ourselves here on Earth, uh, better methods of healing, um, better understanding of the other side, uh, finding ways to press forward for peace and find some way to stop all the annihilation and the wars and the hatred in the world. Those should be physical goals. And people make the argument that, uh, well, you know, who's to say that these other realms aren't real and who's mm -hmm. to say that this isn't going on and that? Fine, but you still got to pay the bills. You still got to eat. <laughs> you still experience sickness and so on and so forth. We still have to solve the physical problems that we have living here in this physical realm. Well, with John Russell, his uh, couple books, Writing with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, the others, A Knock in the Attic, True Ghost Stories, and Other Spine-Chilling Paranormal Adventures. What about uh, Satan, the devil? Do you come across that at all? You know, I don't. Uh, there's, uh, I'm familiar with the demonologist and their theories and all this type of thing. And, George, let me tell you, I have done in my lifetime, oh, God, I, I can't count the number of paranormal investigations. Uh, the number of clients I've read for, thousands and thousands and thousands, and the number of physical paranormal manifestations I've had. And I have never encountered anything that I would say was a demon. Ever. Uh, and I, uh, on a recent UK podcast, I was a, a featured guest on, one of the hosts said, only in America uh, is everybody obsessed with demons. Here they just think ghosts. <laughs> and I think that people judge and interpret paranormal manifestations by how they were raised. And if you were raised in a Christian environment, you know, the Bible acknowledges paranormality, but it acknowledges only its own. And anything outside of what the Bible sanctions then is evil or satanic or demonic or whatever. So you tend to view everything through those glasses. And I have never experienced anything that uh, actually was ever even malevolent or had a malicious intent in all of the encounters hmm. that I've had. So I, I think that... Um, some people may interpret, misinterpret, rather, uh, an, an experience or encounter that they have. Uh, for example, this one lady one time told me when I was filming a pilot um, for the uh, History Channel, during a break in the filming, she said, I have to talk to you, I have to talk to you. And I said, okay. So we got off private, and she said, a ghost tried to kill me. I said, no ghost tried to kill you. And she said, yeah, yeah. She said, I was in my kitchen, and from the cupboard, this plate comes flying across the room, crashes into the walls, shatters and falls down beside me. The ghost tried to kill me. I said, well, if the ghost tried to kill you, you'd be dead. 
And I said, uh, the, uh, the ghost was simply trying to get your attention, and you misinterpreted that as harm. And psychically, I perceived, and I told her, I said, the other side has been trying to get your attention and communicate with you for some time now, and there are some specific things that they want you to understand and that they want to, uh, you to utilize in your spiritual growth and development, and uh, they couldn't get your attention. So finally, it was like, ignore this. You're not going to be able to ignore this. And uh, so that, that made sense to her, and I think that a lot of experiences we had uh, we misinterpret because people are afraid of, they've been taught to be afraid of these experiences, and they've been taught to be afraid of the other side, and they've been taught that if something happens uh, supernaturally, it's got to be demonic, or it's got to be scary, or it's got to be some evil unknown. And like I say, I have never encountered that in all these years. What is the reappearing dog toy story? Oh, man. <laughs> that was People ask all the time, you know, about physical evidence of things disappearing and reappearing. Uh, we had a, um, my sister had a little dog. We had both moved back home to take care of my mother, who was becoming bedfast and ill. And we were both living there in this the, the old home place, the big house there. And my sister had a couple of little dogs, and one was chronically ill. And I had received, psychically, that the little dog was about to cross over, and it did. And uh, we, like a lot of people do, buried our pets on the property. We buried our pets in the backyard there. So when the little dog died, he had this uh, big, green, squeaky frog toy that he dearly, dearly loved. And my, he had this robe uh, that uh, my sister had given him that he left to wrap things up in and play in and lay on and whatever. So he was a little bitty small dog, little little tiny dog. And my sister took, uh, took and wrapped him up in that robe, and with him she put in that frog toy. And several wraps of the robe, so everything was totally, completely secured. No way anything could come out or fall out or get out or whatever. And then we dug a hole in the backyard, buried him, and then I even placed a, uh, a rock over the dirt until the, the grass started growing back around uh, so that no animal would dig him up or anything like that. So enough time had passed from the little dog's death and burial that the grass had completely grown back over the grave, and you wouldn't even know where it was at unless you knew where to look. So I had been out, I was walking around the neighborhood doing something, and I was coming back up our driveway. It was late evening, and a beautiful day, sunny, and uh, I was walking up the driveway, and I caught over there in the backyard something uh, on the on the ground there in the grass, and I looked over to see what it was, and it was that frog. And I couldn't believe it. I shook my head, and I walked over, and I looked, and sure enough, that was his frog toy that my sister had wrapped up with him in that robe, and we had buried him with. And I, I bent down, I pulled on the grass to see if the ground had somehow been loosened, if somebody dug, dug something up and was playing a practical joke or something. The ground was intact. <laughs> the grass was intact. Uh, somehow, this frog had, <laughs> had transmitted itself up from through the earth, through that cloth, up on top of the grave to let us know, hey, you know, there's either a sign from the little dog saying, hey, I'm still here, won't you know I'm still around, or... Some angel, guardian angel of the little dog helped it do that and give us that sign. And so I set it up on the steps to my sister's apartment there that was attached to the house where I knew she would see it when she came home, and I went inside. And uh, I heard the car pull in the driveway, and the engine cut off, and I didn't hear the door. And I was like, yeah, I know what's happening. She's seen that frog, and she's I'm hallucinating. She's out there shaking her head before she opens the, the car door to get out. So finally I heard the, the car door. 
and she come running through the apartment, come running into the house. She goes, did you see this? And I said, yeah, I'm the one that found it and, and put it up on the steps. And she said, this is impossible, this can't be. And she went over, she checked the grave and to see if the ground had been disturbed, or, you know, the grass had been dug up and replaced or whatever, and of course everything was solid. So uh, the other side does have the ability to, to dramatically manipulate physical objects. And uh, they can make things appear, they can make things disappear, they can make things come up through the earth. And I've experienced episodes like that several times. And I think the, the takeaway that we get there, the lesson that we get there is, hey, this is real. And if we pay attention to it, you know, the other side can guide us, can help us. It's, it's not a, a uh, claw toy where you put in your money and, oh, I'm going to grab this and I'm going to get that. And the other side is not like that. Uh, you know, we don't get everything we want. But if we pay attention, we do get spiritual advancement. We do get protection. We do get evidence. And I think that's the lesson there. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more.